Hello, I'm Juliet Burton, and welcome to my new show, Not So Lonely Planet. Maybe you've listened to the first two episodes and have an idea of what this podcast is all about, or maybe you're a maverick like me who just jumps right in mid-series because you like the number three. Whatever your reason for joining us. This show, as you know, is an exploration. We bounce around from person to person, enthusiast to enthusiast, nerd to nerd in each episode, like some sort of pinball. Where we'll end up is anybody's guess. So far in the series, we've met Rob, a London tour guide who enthused about the history of a particular pathway in the UK's capital. Rob then recommended we met Sue, who enthused in episode two to us about cheese and her incredible passion for the dairy product. She also showed me great patience with my incredible passion for cheese puns. Then Sue recommended we meet Adam Norden. Adam is a knife specialist. I ventured to a very mysterious building in London, which I was assured was a restaurant called Kitchen Table, and I was told I would meet Adam there. I'm standing outside a very intimidating-looking building. Uh, it's... It's a beautiful building, and we're kind of near Gouge Street uh, in London, so Warren Street, Gouge Street, quite central, quite north. The building itself is very black. It just, you know, like those slate things that you get in posh restaurants, like those slates that serve, like, cheese on on them. Imagine that, but it's a building. And then it's got a very... It looks like a gold door. And, and it's got very little information on the outside. It says kitchen table... It does not look like my kitchen table. My kitchen table is a lot messier than this. I can't even knock. There's no... Oh, I can knock. Gold doors do knock. (laughs) So we're about to dive into a mesmerising cave of wonders that is non-elitist fine dining. Hi, are you Adam? Adam, I'm Juliet. Lovely to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, and now we're inside. It's a corridor with... Is this art on the wall? Yeah. I, is this art? That's the, the, that's my uh, understanding of art. It's having to check in with whether I'm actually looking at art. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it's very pretty. It's very bright. Thank you. So the idea of this is essentially to... You're looking through a stained glass window into the kitchen. So all of these change seasonally. And the food here that James, I'm sure, will explain um, changes daily. So it's the freshest ingredients. Um, and, yeah, so we rotate these seasonally. So... Obviously, each season, it's the freshest produce for that particular season. So all of these pieces of art on the walls are very brightly coloured, kind of modernist. Uh, they're, not, they're not actually stained glass, but they make, they're meant to look like stained glass. Yeah, so the idea is, it's also a bit of a juxtaposition. So you walk through, see these first, and the idea is you think that it's going to continue into the restaurant. And then when you go into the restaurant, it's a big kind of step back, breathing. Oh, wow, this is very different. We weren't expecting that. So... A lot of thought process has gone into just the walkthrough from the initial front door into the restaurant. Brilliant. I'm looking forward to whatever is going to come up next then. Um, shall, we, shall we go through? Yeah, please do. It's just through to the left. Through to the left. Oh, well, now we're in a very sexily lit room. Um, with it's, It seems very... I feel like it's the middle of the night, but actually we're, it's the middle of the day. And um, this is very, very beautiful. So this is the bar or the restaurant or...? Yeah, so this is the, the bar end, uh, area. So when you come in as a guest, the idea is you come in, sit down, have a drink, your canapes and a couple of dishes. And then your each individual group is slowly taken through into the restaurant itself, um, which is hidden just behind that leather curtain over there. 
it's very, very impressive what uh, we've managed. Well, I say we. I did the artwork, what James has created, and I hope to have added a little bit of you know, an artistic element to the walls. This is intriguing because, uh, I, I mean, we're, we're not even into our conversation with you about why we're here yet, um, but are we going to go through the leather curtain? Is that where we're heading? As you might be able to tell, I was just a little bit excited. The mystery and theatrics of the surroundings were already working their magic on me as Adam led me into the back room, which was the dining area. So we're currently standing next to a very little petite bar um, that uh, I'm very tempted to go and raid, but we're not doing that yet because it is the middle of the day. And then it's all very mysterious. This leather curtain at the end of this black and black kind of sofa um, and then a red sofa lots of red and black and these amazing lights i think they're lights are they lights they are yeah they're they're kind of they look like like balloons that have kind of slightly deformed or like when you get mercury in those kind of lava lamps very proudly there says a michelin so that means michelin starred two stars two stars this year that's amazing. Congratulations to James, I suppose, and to yourself. Um, let's move through past the plates on the wall. Very, very beautiful plates. Oh, there's more alcohol. Good. That's another little bar at the end. Whiskey, specifically only whiskey? Um, everything. Everything. <laughs> Hello, are you James? Hi. Yes. James, Juliet, Hi. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, so, yeah, we are about to go through the leather curtains. Yep. Oh my goodness. Okay. James has just lifted the leather curtain and we are now in a very beautiful, very tiny restaurant. James. Where's James gone? He's behind yeah. the other side of the leather yeah. curtain. Um, James, is this your place? Yes. Yep. Kitchen table. And uh, how long have you been here for? Since 2012. And you've now got Michelin stars as well. I have Michelin stars, yes. Or the team does. We do. <laughs> yeah, they're not just mine. <laughs> and can you explain briefly what Kitchen Table is? So it's a counter dining experience. We're in front of you working. You serve the tasting menu only. Fine dining, I guess, we're classed as now, but sort of like using the best we can of the produce and etc. that we find in the UK. You say fine dining, but it feels very relaxed and chilled here, which I'm yeah. very yeah, impressed I think, by. Yeah, I think, yeah, the stigma around like what fine dining was and sort of like what box it got put into is very much changing now. You know, it's a refinement of how we cook is, is why we give the, the name to the cuisine. You know, the atmosphere has very much changed now over over the years that, like, you know, people can eat fine dining food but very much be relaxed in themselves. So I could come in here in my trainers and my denim jacket and I wouldn't mind, I, yep, wouldn't, I wouldn't be turned away. that's all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just as long as, like, you know, Adam don't come in with his shorts and no top on. So. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind well, that, never but that's just we, me. We've, we've got to cut it somewhere, but yeah, I think going out to a restaurant in a suit now, um, if you don't need to, you look the odd one out now, where, where it used to be the other way. So, yeah, f finally got enough money to buy a suit, and I don't need one. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I didn't wear my ball gown that day, then. The one day I didn't wear it. The first thing that has hit me in here is that you are... All the seats are very much around the outside of the kitchen. So you have the dining experience, but you have the the theatrical experience of watching uh, whatever is being made, being made, which I would find delightful because I, I wouldn't end up talking to whoever I was with. I would just be staring at the amazing chefs uh, doing the things and wondering how on earth I could replicate it at home. Um, and then I'd probably try later on and uh, make a huge mess and my flatmate would uh, be angry with me. With that image of me in a ball gown making a mess cooking in my flat, James, Adam and I sat down in the bar for a more relaxed chat. 
where I got to know the backstory behind the location, the alcohol-inspired artwork, and how social media actually began this beautiful friendship. Oh, and we learn why enthusiasts rule the world. And of course, eventually, we learn about knives. Um, Adam, you were recommended by our episode two guest, uh, Sue. Cloak. She said that you are very interested in knives and art. And I'd love to know why it is that you know James as well. Why it is that you know Sue? Yeah, so um, I worked with Sue um, for a short period and I was brought in um, to help with the wine list and doing lots of tastings and training staff, um, etc. And then moving from there, obviously, unfortunately, uh, we went through the, the pandemic. I've um, heard of this thing. Yeah, yeah. So we all, <laughs> we all managed to go through that. And obviously, coming from the hospitality industry, that dramatically, not obviously, not only affected myself, but you know, the whole industry. Um, so I got to work doing an awful lot of painting and essentially contacted James out of the blue and said, I would like to do you a painting. No cost to you. There is no catch. I'm glad you ended the sentence with a painting. Yeah, well, <laughs> never know. <laughs> I can, there's some behind, chemistry going behind on. Behind big black leather uh, curtains. <laughs> no, so um, I was doing uh, a lot of artwork, and this particular restaurant always held um, something in my heart. So when my wife and I got engaged, this is where we had our engagement dinner. And I come from the hospitality and have worked in fine dining. Um, and yeah, I'd followed James for a long period of time and wanted to do uh, a painting for a chef that, you know, that I have followed and you know, genuinely care for and have taken such a large and vast interest in over the years. Um, and just contacted you via Instagram, right? Was it yep, Instagram? Yep. I think it was. Oh, classic, slid yeah. into the DMs. Yeah, yeah, straight in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, I think I think you know when he first contacted me, um, I might have even just like read it and been like, like whatever. And then uh, <laughs> and then he contacted me again. I think I was whatever again, because um, you know in London, uh, you know you, you you're always on guard in London, right? And with every with everything that happens over like social media and like spam and you know we'll get you more followers and we can do this. And you're like, there's a guy offering you a free painting and like, and then you see his art and it looks pretty good and you're like, nah. This is a con. Like, <laughs> like, like, what does like, this guy yeah, want? We, we, we both live in London and he's trying to do something for free, no strings attached. I'm like, it's just, it's just bullshit. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, so I ignored him. And then, and then it got to the stage of like, right, this guy's not giving up. It's just easier to say yes. And um, sort of answered his, uh, he, he, he was like, this is this is the protocol. Like, answer these questions. I answered it. Didn't think I'd ever see a painting. And then uh, when the painting turned up, I think it was literally... Like two weeks later, I was like, right, you need to, uh, I want to buy one now. And, um, you know, I want, I want one for my wife. And it was, uh, it was a very cool story of like, how, you know, his um, ethos and thinking behind the painting and then how he translated it. And uh, we have them hanging up in our house and it, and it really is sort of like me and my wife as a, as a painting and the, and the thought process. So it was quite a personal painting. Can you describe um, the paintings to us? Yeah, mine's black, grey and uh, hers is like a rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that is so, so something of, you are without exaggerating yeah and it was um it was cool and mine's exactly what i wanted it to be and, and hers is exactly what you wanted it to be um and they look really cool together um sort of like a very yin yang sort of situation and that is very much how we've run our business is sort of like a yin yang couple of like you know um 
my weaknesses is covered by her strengths and her weaknesses is covered by my strengths. I want to ask more about the tasting menu, but I want to come back to this wonderful chemistry between you two because yeah. um, I love I love the fact that you've basically applied a dating ethos, um, yeah. Adam, yeah, to we met, pursuing... We met online. Yeah, you met online. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, yeah. you slid into his DMs. Uh, you played hard to hard to get, James. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and thought it was too good to be true. No, no, no. I'm I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm not. I'm not interested. And then um, Adam, you you've really managed to. You, you seem to be friends now. Are you friends? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we've got a lot of mutual interests. Um, that would have been awkward if I said, "Are you friends?" And one of you said yes, and one of you said yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we could have got another another show yeah. out of that. Uh, so yeah, so um, you are friends now, and you've done more commissioned artwork for uh, for James. Yeah, so in we've um, all of the paintings inside of the restaurant. So across um, whether that's the entrance or within the restaurant, all of the artwork I have done. Can you describe the one that's behind me right now? Yeah. So each so each piece that you can see, I didn't essentially just go away and do. James and I have multiple meetings to discuss thought process, feeling. Um, obviously a lot of my artwork is abstract um, and I use an awful lot of colour but there is always something behind the colour so this particular piece behind you is a blend between the wonderful well two wonderful cocktails the Negroni and the Old Fashioned so we have the beautiful gold whiskey tones at the bottom moving through the different clouds of different reds from the Campari and um, whatnot in the if I get my words out, uh, in the Negroni itself. So the idea is you are currently sat in the digestive area and we have two digestive cocktails, so to speak, that are also represented in colour on the wall. I really love that. I can actually see, now that you've explained that to me, yeah. I can see that in the in the painting. So all of the colours are, are folded as well. So depending on where you stand and where you view it from, it looks like it's moving. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sunsetish almost yeah. like if, if the sun's somewhere set, it's setting on the thames and you can kind of see it moving a little bit in the mm. light area like that's really really beautiful so and the painting gets even more justice when we actually set the restaurant pro- properly mm. so like uh, all the lights are up now so when, so the, when, ge- when the guests arrive yeah. and, and all the lights you know you can see how many lights we have when they're all adjusted properly his, uh, his painting shines even more like you know I would love to know um, Adam how did you get into art and James I will ask you how you got into food as yeah. well but um, you've, there's, it's, before we do that we need to know about knives knives because yes. Sue told me that you were really into knives and yes. I, I was very yes. intimidated and I wasn't sure if I wanted to meet you or no, not no absolutely so it is, <laughs> it is a weird one when people say what do you do and say well make knives I tend to get some odd looks um, although that being said everyone does seem to always be intrigued a long time ago in a previous life, I was a chef, um, and I've always had a you know, huge appreciation to chef knives because it's the tool that you use most. Um, and my, I was working somewhere for the life of me, can't remember exactly where it was, but I had a lot of holiday time accrued. So much to my wife's dismay, I decided to use my holiday and go and learn how to make knives in Derbyshire uh, with a company called Block uh, and Ben Edmonds. So your wife was like, mate, we could spend some time together. We could. And you were like... And I was like, well, but I could go learn how to make knives. <laughs> and I think she, she, you know, she knew how much passion was behind it. I'm sure you can see and hear it from me now. It's, it's, it's a huge thing for me um, that 
she wanted me to go and learn and do it, but also you know have a bit of peace and quiet in the in yeah. home as well. She, she said, that I, I really love you. I really want you to go off and yeah, your passion. Yeah, you, 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 you can do, do it. another couple of weeks. Or do, yeah, <laughs> absolutely fine. Um, so yeah, I went and did that. And then we've slowly, I've added to it and added to it. Um, but what I didn't learn was the forging side. So I have joined a company uh, called KWB and they're... Two days a week, I do all of the forging. Well, I'm learning the forging still. So Forging, can you explain what forging is? So we take the raw steel materials, um, essentially heat them up or blend them together, depending on what we, what type of steel we're making, and then beat the absolute hell out of them with lots of big hammers and electrical hammers. And we have a generator out the back that powers one of our hammers that's probably the same size of half of this room. So very, very strong, lots of fire and... Uh, sparks and whatnot. So yeah, it's that that's sounds quite incredible. Cool. It's like a Game of Thrones thing. Yeah, well, or, I mean, or it's... like the intro to Peaky Blinders. Yeah, it's like this guy uh, yeah. in the background. Yeah, so or, or like in like, like Lord of the Rings. I'm just I'm just very excited now. I'm imagining yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, it's, very... it's amazing. So very we cool. uh, the, the good thing is you know getting some of the stuff that we do on Instagram and whatnot. Like, you don't have to try or put a filter on. It just comes out looking great. Um, and I went with KW Reed because the guy behind it, Corbin, is, a, is essentially a mad scientist when it comes to knife making. To the point where a couple of weeks ago, he'd, uh, I heard that all of the hammers going and we hadn't discussed about making anything. And I wandered through into the forge. And I waved at him. He took his um, ear defenders off, looked at me and said, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm just casually making a samurai sword. <laughs> As you do, as you do. And previously to that, he was making Viking axes and whatnot. I don't do that side, but it is quite interesting. Every time I turn around the corner, he's off building or making or creating something that is absolutely bonkers. Are these commissions or are they... Yeah, yeah. So they... I just thought he just, you know, I'm a bit bored and thought I'd make a samurai sword. No, no, so, no. So he <laughs> we, he definitely does make a, an awful lot of commissions. And I'm... So I've always focused on the chef knife thing, but I, I'm learning to do other stuff. So, for example, we do cutthroat razors and as you just heard axes and swords and whatnot who needs cutthroat razors i don't know but they're very pretty <laughs> okay okay they're very pretty I, in my head i'm going down like demons uh, fleet street demon barber of kind of thing but <laughs> exactly. yeah um for but those, we, those are your clients <laughs> so we also stabilize all of our own woods for the handles which essentially means um we put them into a resin that goes into a vacuum it then goes into pressure chamber and baked so it makes not only the handle waterproof, but food safe as well. So we literally go from start to finish of the knife making, axe wielding process. Now I have never made a knife or an axe, wielded an axe, uh, much to my detriment. I now really want to do both of those things. Um, But it kind of, the way you're describing it, it sounds kind of partially a bit like jewelry making and a partially a little bit like like being a chef, in, yeah. in fact, make, so, I mean, making the implements to create more food. Absolutely. So m- my side of it, so I work for KWE, but I'm also will be launching my own brand soon. And my particular brand will only deal with chef knives. Um, None of these samurai swords. Well, I mean, you never know. You never, you never know. <laughs> Just chef's Christmas presents. Yeah. 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 James is like, well, I'll have this this year. <laughs> um, but the idea is... I've always loved the idea that a chef knife designed by a chef surely would work better than someone that sat behind a computer screen. You know what is needed. Yeah. So, for example, we did um, the steak knives for kitchen table. Um, I came with a prototype one. 
met with James, we, James and I sat down and we drew around it and redesigned it and then we did prototype two. Um, and then we had another discussion and decided we'd change a couple of things. And then we went to the final product and we made all of the 20 steak knives that are, there is a, a lovely kind of step-by-step -step process that has changed and evolved from where we started and where we finished. And I'm 100% adamant that there is no restaurant in the world that has knives like these. Do you have any here that we can see? I probably yeah, can show you prototype too. Yep. Please do. We're going to, okay, so Adam's now going off to get knives. Um, <laughs> again, still still intimidated, even though I really like the guy. I'm still still nervous about him bringing out the knives. <laughs> Whether he has a razor on him or not. Yeah. I made sure I told your staff that I wasn't stealing it. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> hang on. I'm now yeah, looking... You, you well, I'm, I'm going to try to describe this because I'm looking at it from the top and it actually looks itself like a piece of art. Like, that is very very yeah. beautiful it's um is it on a black kind of board can you can you just, uh, describe yeah, it for absolutely. us Adam, so you'll probably do it much better than me what we decided to do was we we made a resin um that utilizes all of the colorings from kitchen tables branding so this at the back the actual handle the, itself yeah so this is all different types of blue and white and pearl looks and, kind of marbleized effect almost is that yeah so we created that to represent kitchen table. And then we moved through to a lovely piece of ebony. And then the blade itself is a hand-forged carbon steel, so you can actually still see the hammer markings. You actually can? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's like, it's history. Absolutely. Recent history. Oh, my, my, my face is very close to a knife, I just realised. <laughs> <laughs> and the amazing thing about these particular um, knives or carbon steel knives in general, is they all become unique. So carbon steel holds its edge a lot better than stainless steel and is preferred to be used by chefs, but it does have a downside, and that that is that carbon steel rusts. Right. However, if it's cleaned, look after, and dry, what will happen is when certain types of acidic foods touch the steel... What it does is it will slowly create something called a patina. So the a blade, patina. a patina, patina. yeah. Patina. Okay, this is going to be my pub quiz trivia. There you go. Um, what is a patina? So the patina is the reaction with the acid. That essentially what it does is it creates the knife's own fingerprint across the blade. So over the next, well, the, the moment they're used, it will slowly, slowly change the colouring of the blade itself, and every single one will be totally unique, just the same as on the steak knives, every single back where the blue and white is, every single one is different. So, so no no two are the same. So it's almost, I, I, I kind of love wrinkles on faces because yeah. each wrinkle tells a little story of where you've come from and what you've been through. It's like that with the Yeah, with so the if knife. you imagine that every customer that comes in and uses one has their own, obviously, hygienic fingerprint on it from a dish that they've had, and James changes his menu every day, so... Every single dish has a mark on the knife that is there. Obviously, it's sterile, but it becomes its own fingerprint of its history within Kitchen Table. I love that. So every every lovely, happy memory that everybody's come in with, each individual customer has had yeah. in this restaurant, gradually accumulates over time exactly. in this item that they it passes it on. Yeah, It's like a vintage jewellery. There yeah. you go. Or an aged wine. <laughs> I mean, you're saying all my favourite things now, so right, we're going to have to have aged wine in one of our episodes. I love that. I mean, I've never appreciated knives so much before. So is every knife here 
made by Adam James? A domain course knife. Right. Yeah. So so we have uh, through twenty courses, we have a lot of different shape cutlery. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's just the, uh, the the main sort of like sharp meat cutting knife or protein cutting knife that you have with the main course. Yeah. So is yeah. is the knife the best out of all the implements around, like the fork, the spoon, the fish? Knife? Well, I mean, I'm biased. Yeah. So, um, the, like I say, the Corbin and I. So it's it's this isn't my particular brand. It's the KWB that I'm working uh, with Corbin. So it's not. I wouldn't write it to come across that I made them all it was a lovely joint uh, venture between Corbin and I and do your uh, guests here know the passion with which uh, these yeah so we've, uh, we're running into even the third night of using them tonight so these these literally arrived at the Saturday last week and yeah these are uh, at the beginning of that culmination yeah, yeah, that we exactly. meant so sat, sat, Saturday they arrived and Saturday night I used them I actually even gave the guests them uh, all myself because I didn't want anyone else to touch them just because they became very precious. Because um, it, it it wasn't that long, but it was long enough with like anything that you put this much detail and effort into it. And, you know, um, I said to him, as you do with Adam, like, do you know anyone that uh, like makes knives or you've got any recommendations? And next thing you know, he's making them. So it's a bit <laughs> like, yeah, he, do, he doesn't know I'm asking him about sheds next week. <laughs> what was that? Was that? Do you know anyone that makes a good shed? <laughs> was that the reason, Adam? Was that like the, you? You started learning how to make knives just because James no, no, needed so I, knives. I was, yeah. I was doing it quietly no, like beforehand. Was, yeah, it was sort of like he was a bit like I, I just happened to bring up knives, and he's like, "Well, I'm sort of working on a project." He like. <sighs> Okay. Okay, James. But the million-dollar question is: uh, Which do you prefer, his artwork or his knives? Yeah. Well, l- luckily for him, they're, they're both good, right? They both do the <laughs> job. Oh, but, um, that's very diplomatic. Yeah. But starting with the artwork, it was sort of when I worked with a designer on here, um, I had a booklet of of things of artwork that they'd sourced and gone off of in my head of what I wanted, and we would have brought it. We'd have never have met. We could have had that eight different artists hanging in here, but I liked the painting. But like. You know, where's the artist? Is he English? Where does he come from? What was his thing? Is he alive? Was it old work? Is it new work? And then I just kept thinking on it, and I was like, you know, oh. like no, you know, I just phoned him up. I was like, and he's like, what? <laughs> like, I'm like, well, yeah, like why not? And uh, you know, from from the guy offering me a free painting to the to the business we've done together now, but like you said at the beginning, we've formed a friendship as well. We've got like a lot of mutual interests of different things, and so um. James, did you ever think that you were going to grow up to be somebody who owns their own restaurant? No, not until I left school did I know I wanted to be a chef. So why, why did you make that decision? Uh, because I wanted to be a policeman to start with. I think I'd watched um, Police Academy and Die Hard way too many times, so I very very much saw myself as sort of like Bruce Willis, you know, a bit like the gun underneath, I'm going to take anyone down that messes with me. So I went to the police careers convention, they're like, yeah, you've watched too many movies you, you can't join so you, like, go, you go from police to fine yeah, dining but, but, but it was sort of like that's what I was left with so I left it so late people that couldn't really do anything or didn't want to do anything got put into a kitchen and it was uh, back then it was very stereotyped that that really did happen and that's what happened to me uh, so I was put in the kitchen about four miles out of my village and um, still to this day the guy's name was Stephen Martha and I'm like you know, I think if I hadn't met him, if I, if he hadn't been the chef that I got put with that day, I might not be a chef. What was so special about him? Um, just how passionate he was about food. and um, Enthusiasts, the, man. That, yeah, they rule exactly. the world. Exactly. 
but it, it wasn't just what he was doing. It was he, he got me very quickly involved with like cookbooks. So like he had an office full of cookbooks. He was telling me about the chef called Rick Stein. Never heard of Rick Stein. I later ended up working for him for three years because of that as well. For Rick Stein. Uh, yeah. I love him because he and drinks whilst he's cooking. Yes. Yeah. My favourite yeah. thing about that. I mean, nothing nothing only gets made well if you're not a little bit drunk. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what was the man's name again? Stephen Martha. Stephen Martha's mm-hmm. enthusiasm enthused you to then 100%. change your life. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Adam, you were a chef, but now you're an artist and you make knives. Mm. How did you bridge that gap between chefing and that the new passions? So I did my chefing qualification in Australia. Managed to work in some absolutely phenomenal places, learn an awful lot, still have a huge passion, still cook an awful lot for friends, family. And then from there, I went into the front of house world where I just wanted to learn a little bit more of the hospitality industry. Travelled over to New Zealand where I worked as a cellar hand at a winery. So I went from vine to bottle and then went back to Australia. Spent some time there learning molecular mixology and I did the same in New York. And then I went back to Australia and then back into the UK, where I have then been consulting for front of house, back of house operations. Um, Pandemic hit and then shebang, here we are making artwork and knives. I've always done artwork and I'm a huge, huge nerd. So I love doing comic book drawings. And in my house that we've just moved out of the previous house, I had an entire room that was just dedicated to comic books and nerdy stuff. Uh, I don't unfortunately have any more, but I still have a lot of the comic books and whatnot in the art studio, which is kind of nice. I love that. That would have been so cool. Do you still do comic book drawings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last time I did uh, paintings of comic book stuff and whatnot was for a charity event um, in Bermondsey. And I essentially did a, a load of comic book drawings, paintings, etc. Put them into a pub called Simon the Tanner and... Over the course of two or three weeks, anyone that came in could bid on them and all of the money went to a charity, which was amazing. You've been a nerd of all of these different um, skills, different... Yeah, yeah so I, did, I mean, I did art, art for GSSE A-level um, and then after leaving the UK to go overseas where I did my diploma in culinary, I've always doodled, drawn, done stuff for friends, family... Um, and yeah, just decided to see if anyone else was willing to possibly purchase some of my artwork. I put it online and I've now got all artwork in a two Michelin star restaurant. And the knives just happened to come on in. Yes, yes. the knives make me very happy. <laughs> you, I think, I mean, the very. art clearly has a special place in your heart, but, yeah. but the knives, you, you, your enthusiasm is shining yeah. out of your eyes whenever you talk. So we, you be, have a grin I'll, on your face. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be launching yes. um, some chef knives <laughs> next year, which are really exciting. It yeah. seems yeah, to me cool. like no matter what you do, you seem to make a huge success of it. Because most people, like, if I, I, I did a couple of doodles during the pandemic, and I'm not getting my artwork exhibited in on the walls of a very beautiful restaurant. So I don't, I don't know whether it's excelling. I think it's more right place, right time. It's, you know, there's a lot of luck to it as well. Um, and as you know, you heard from James earlier, or her, James saying that, you know, I nagged at him constantly, slid into his DMs, and then I continued politely badgering, which I wouldn't recommend you do to the listeners out there, but it managed to get me to having paintings in the restaurant. Um, I also wanted to pick up on the fact that you, you've mentioned that you're a nerd. Yeah. And that is kind of 
kind of what we're doing, what we're celebrating here in this podcast. It's yeah. So is that is that a part of why you've turned successful with, with knives, with art, with, I mean, you mentioned wine and chefing and, and tra- all these travel that you've done as well. Um, how much has nerdery slash passion, enthusiasm helped? Oh, huge amount. So I'm, I have been, you know, very focused on comic books or, you know, anime or whatever it may be. I love the fact that it, it, it transports me to a total different plane of thought. So I can forget about what I'm doing. I focus on whether it's a story of, you know, Batman, Superman or Iron Man, whatever it may be. Um, it's an escape, but it's a really nice escape. It's a positive escape. But then when I then focus on what I'm actually doing, there's a, a, a huge break between the two. Um, and yeah, that's that I my wife doesn't seem to understand it, but to me it's it's a it's a really wonderful thing. I love the the escapism, so to speak, if that is the right word. I very much identify because um, I too deep dived into uh, comic books uh, oh, cool. hugely um, and um, specifically got very into the Rabbit Warren of um, both Loki and also yeah. uh, Agent Carter. So I yeah, now cool. have bought myself um, an screen accurate hat, screen accurate um, vintage from the actual era. Oh, amazing! Blue so you're even cosplaying now. I am so <laughs> I am so cosplaying everything. So uh, yes, I celebrate the escapism of the nerdery but also to be able to turn that same passion towards something that you um, turn into a career turn into connections like yourself with James and now hopefully the passion that I have for this podcast is this connection yeah absolutely thank you so much I mean I'd love to have my own costume but I don't think my wife would let me because I wouldn't take off if I had a Batman costume it would be on every day you see this is why I'm not married yet this is yeah (laughs) I hope she's not going to listen to that bit (laughs) (laughs) So if anyone listening wants to be a guest here, yeah. how would they go about finding out more? So uh, we, we release our bookings like three months at a day. So um, I've heard that, well, we're very lucky that we get booked up very quick. So you've got to be quite quick on that day. If you Only 20 come. seats, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're not breaking records with how many seats we have, but... Uh, we're very fortunate that we get sold out pretty quick. But everything in here has so much passion behind it. Everything clearly yeah. has a story. So yeah. if somebody wants to um, experience it, how would they go about that? Yeah, so um, it's, it's just book online now. Like with most things, everything's online. It's the easiest way. Slide into your DMs? Yeah, well, yeah, people do. I wouldn't slide into my DM. Yeah, me, me and DMs and uh, getting back to you professionally is, uh, yeah, you might be waiting even longer than it takes online. <laughs> what, is the, uh, what is the Instagram for um, handle for Kitchen Table? Uh, kitchen Table 1. Very easy to remember then. Yeah, yeah. And how about Adams? What, what, what's your Instagram? He's so, about 12. Yeah, I have, I have a few. <laughs> so my, my artwork is AN Variants. And we have KWB knives and Nord knives. So Nord knives is the stuff that I'm doing for the future, the new business. KWB is where you're going to see all of the crazy blacksmithing and forgery and Corbin making bonkers samurai swords and axes. And then AN variants is all of the artwork. We are looking for passionate people for our next episode. We want enthusiasts who can enthuse to me because I'm now I'm now in- way more enthused about this particular restaurant as well as food in general i'm also very enthused now about forging i think i might want to go and get very hot next to some fire um what do you know any other enthusiasts we can talk to we're looking for more people in the world who can enthuse me about something yeah i've so i've uh, been thinking about this and i have a very good friend uh blake 
and he he also works in hospitality, but he works in a different form of hospitality. So he's in guest relations, but in a quite quirky way. And he's also um, one of, and has been for a long time, one of the top players for the England indoor cricket team. So a lot of people discuss outdoor cricket, and you see that a lot on TV, but not the indoor side. And he's travelled around the world and has also captained England. I've never heard of indoor cricket. Well, you can do indoor cricket? Yes, there's even a World Cup, apparently. How has this passed me by <laughs> through all these years? I'm a woman of years old, and I, I yeah. have never heard of this. So he's also just helped um, a team set up a place called... Well, two places in London called Sixes, which is uh, a bar, but you can also play interactive indoor cricket in a batting cage inside the bar restaurant. What? Wait, wait how, how, is, how is it interactive, firstly? And it's a bar, and it's cricket? And this is this sounds incredible. Yeah, it's when, fun. You to, when you want a waiter, you just whack a ball at him. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> and he has to catch it, hopefully, yeah, yeah, rather yeah, than right. just let it hit him in the head. No, so it's... it's uh, obviously, I wouldn't want to you know, ruin the surprise of speaking with Blake, but it's... Uh, a little hole that fires a ball at you when you're in a cage that you then hit. And if you hit it against a wall, different areas of the wall will light up for different amounts of points and scoring oh. and whatnot. And oh, dear God. I've, awful, I've awful really fun. enjoyed chatting to you guys sitting down. I have a feeling that in our next episode, I might have to do a lot of I running think, around. Yeah, I think you might be having a helmet and a cricket bat in hand. Okay, uh, I'm going to enjoy this nice, lovely, restful leather red sofa while for while I can. Um, so we're going to we're going to try and chat to Blake in our next yeah. episode. Fantastic! Yeah. Um, thank you so much for chatting to me, um, Adam, about all these amazing things, artwork, knives. I don't know what you're going to get into next, but I'm sure it's going to be very, very beautiful. Yeah, oh yeah, sheds. sheds making sure that yeah. uh, very artistic sheds is going to be a story behind so every bit of wood. Like, what do I need? <laughs> Adam <laughs> and uh, and James. Thank you so much for chatting to me about Thank this you. beautiful, Pleasure. beautiful nice place. Thank you. And Cheers. I can't wait to come back and celebrate maybe when we win a podcast award. Yes. We can celebrate <laughs> by coming here and having our having our tasting menu. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Huge thanks to Adam and to James. And I look forward to celebrating at Kitchen Table soon. You can help with that, by the way, listeners. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like me to go back to Kitchen Table with my producer to celebrate, then please do comment and share far and wide and nominate us for any award going. Podcast awards, Strictly Glitter Balls, Best in Show at Crufts, I'll take anything. In our next episode, we'll be speaking with Blake at Indoor Cricket Bar and Restaurant Sixes. Best start doing my stretches now then. Or maybe a little snooze first. This has been Not So Lonely Planet, a hat-trick production Produced by Andy Goddard and John Wakefield. Executive producer is Claire Broughton. And I'm your presenter, Juliet Burton. I look forward very much to connecting and enthusing with you about a brand new topic next time. <laughs>